Well, hello, and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 231. John and Wendy, welcome back. Jess Miller-Merrill. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you, John? Wendy, I am well. We are now into August. Excited once again that this episode is sponsored by our pals over at Namely. So excited to have Namely back. Love working with them. We appreciate Namely so much. Be sure to check out Namely.com slash HR Social Hour. That's called a vanity tag. (laughs) You go check out that site. If you switch to Namely, you get a month for free great opportunity there. Everybody knows we love Namely. That's not a secret. Something else we love that we're really excited to announce is that we are bringing something back on a regular basis that we hadn't in a while. Yeah. Are are they ready for it though? Are they ready? We're going to find out. (laughs) No, we're bringing back trivia, regular trivia. Now it's not something additional that we're going to do. We're going to replace one chat each quarter with trivia. Maybe we'll have to uh, do some coin tosses to see what questions we ask or who comes up with the questions. Even when they're hard, hey, we have a lot, a lot of fun. And uh, I can't wait. I I think it's going to be, I I think it's going to be a lot of fun, John. It had come up in the fifth anniversary chat. Several people said, hey, would you do this again? And we talked about it. We said, well, as long as we don't add things, because this year has taught us anything is that we need to f- define our boundaries and stick to them. Yes. We appreciate so much everybody being respectful of that and encouraging of that because of everything that's gone on that we're going to talk about in another episode <laughs> down the road. We did a trivia night. Yep. We had, what, Wendy, 20 people about show 20 up, people, I think. Yeah. About 20 people show up. Number two fan of the show, Steve Brown won. My wife was a very close second. She was like, very close. Almost, almost like people must have thought I was feeding her the questions, but I... <laughs> promise I wasn't. We were in separate places. She knew the topic, but she had no idea what the questions were. So I want to be clear that I'm not feeding her the answers. We had so much fun and we know those that attended did. And we know there were people that had attended trivia nights in the past that couldn't make that particular night. Talked about it. We said, you know what? It's a great opportunity to bring it back and to switch out. So yeah, one chat a quarter is going to go and it will become trivia night. For those of you that are on the list, you'll get it each time. We'll talk more as we get to the next one in a couple months now, I guess. It's hard. Yeah. It's August. We'll do another one before <laughs> the end of the year. Trivia night is going to make a regular return. Thanks to those who brought it up and yeah. attended and want it to was, take part. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'm looking forward to it. We'll, we'll come up with some fun questions, some fun topics. And you know, I, I think the thing that we liked the most was, you know, we didn't have to learn anything. We just came and, and hung out. That is one thing that I do miss. We did a great job of that during the pandemic, but it's time to see faces again, I think. One thing I learned is that I need to make sure that I put the correct answer. <laughs> yes. That I, I put in the right answer because I did know that Cloris Leachman played Wonder Woman's mother in the 1970s pilot. Yes. However, I put it as, well, it wasn't Rue McClanahan. Rue McClanahan, yes. because I was trying to throw people off with the Golden Girls thing. No, I know it was, but I was wrong, and thankfully it did not adjust, <laughs> it did not affect the score of the game. Well, coulda. We, we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> we'll assume that it didn't. We, we assume that it did not. We and it was bragging it rights only. Yes. It's all good. No more prizes, uh, yeah. at least for the foreseeable future. Now, if there's a sponsor listening that would love to donate cash prizes or, or anything in between Wonder Woman figures, <laughs> I don't know, fill in the blank. We're, we're, we're open. We're open. More, more to come there. Yes. Speaking of returns and people I'm glad to see, it is great to have Jess back with us. We're going to talk about a lot of things because it has been an incredibly long time. It has been. At least since we've talked to her on the show, her organization was kind enough to sponsor us earlier this year. We always appreciate that 
you know, Wendy, I don't know what type of introduction you're going to do. I think everybody knows Jess. Let, let's get this thing going. I, I think most people should know Jess. She is an HR and workplace trainer and speaker, workology blog founder, podcaster, a little bit of everything when it comes to HR. So Jess, so excited to have you back on the show. As always, we ask our first question, what is in your glass? Well, I'm so excited to be back, first of all. And what is in my glass? Well, I'm drinking a glass of water. Uh, cause I'm trying to be healthier. So I got to get my hundred ounces a day and I'm behind. I need to get back on the water wagon or at least getting my intake up. I'm pretty good at my first class in the morning. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, it's afternoon. Consistency is so hard. Yeah. And, and regular <laughs> consistency. I feel like we go hard a couple days and then we lax and, and then we go hard again. Just as we mentioned, it is great to have you back. And it is incredibly hard to believe. You were last on episode 19, which was June <laughs> of 2018. So what have you been up to since then? Well, what a difference four years makes, I guess. You know, causing trouble, uh, mostly on, on the HR internet. I uh, have been really hyper-focused on providing more resources for HR professionals, uh, primarily in the area of personal and professional development, and then in HR certification. So that's been a lot of my focus. A lot of our resources are available on demand, our trainings available on demand for, for different purposes. One thing I do have that's coming up is I have a new book coming out. So that's not yet happening, but it will be here, I don't know, before you know it, for sure. That is so awesome. I love I love that you have added to our reading material. Um, I'm sure you have some great stuff to add. It's called Digitizing Talent, Creative Strategies for the Digital Recruiting Age, right? Yes. Coming soon, what led you to start writing a book? And what was your writing process like? Uh, my writing process, it's being published by Sherm. So I had talked with Sherm and I sent him the whole proposal. This was probably 2018. I started working on the book. And then 2020 happened and there was no recruiting. I stopped working on the book. Sherm stopped working on the book. And then uh, we had the pandemic. I took what was pretty much, I would say, 75% complete of a book. And we restarted again in uh, 20, at the end of 2021, just refreshed and refined. Um, and then um, I feel like put together something really great. The, the nice thing about writing the book is that I didn't have a lot of work to do um, because I've done all these podcasts that serve as really great pieces of content and quotations and resources that we can pull from. A lot of the, the book is really just kind of pulling together all these great interviews that I've done um, focused on recruiting, which has been top of mind. I feel like even though we're kind of transitioning into an uncertain time, it's still the job market is on fire. Uh, the BLS report came out last week, still incredibly crazy, even with inflation happening and some correction. It's very topical. I uh, will say as far as my writing style and strategy, I get really excited and I write an outline 
and then I sort of fall off. So that's hence why the water thing being consistent is really important. So um, I really had to carve out time on my schedule, 45 minutes, two or three times a week where I just was, even if it was bad, I was just writing about the topic and trying to come to something that we could edit and modify and change and make into uh, a version of the book that you, that you guys will hopefully be able to pick up a copy soon. So you mentioned you started pre-pandemic, you hit pause, you came back, I'm not going to say post, as things have improved or changed for the better. Did it feel like the content or the the way you were approaching the subject, had that changed in that time? Online recruiting hasn't really changed. Like the process to click to apply and to find jobs hasn't changed. I think how maybe open or um, willing recruiters and HR leaders or CEOs are to doing things digitally because everybody's working remote. So talent pools have changed since so many of us are working remotely. Now we can hire if we're in the U.S. uh, somebody in like I live in Austin, Texas. Maybe I'm going to recruit in North Carolina or maybe I want to hire somebody from Brazil or Portugal or something in a completely other country halfway across the world. So for that, I feel like um, there's a lot of new and different ways to engage Candidates, of course, we've seen the rise of TikTok, particularly over the last couple of years, which I absolutely love. Wendy knows that I love. I see her on occasion, hearts and crazy things that that I post. It's kind of my fun creative outlet. But I think there's a lot of opportunities that recruiters and um, HR leaders can take advantage of um, beyond a job posting on a job site. We'll certainly look forward to being able to read it when it's here. I know it is soon. I know something you're also very passionate and engaged in, and you mentioned it a few minutes ago, is when it comes to certification. You've been working with HR pros to get certified over the last bit of time. And again, spending a lot of time, I know with the podcast you've done, I think, in fact, I was fortunate enough to be on one of those episodes to talk about my certification journey. And I am curious, what's something you've learned for yourself along the way helping others prepare? I think something that I've learned for myself is that HR leaders are unique and different in each as individuals. And so those professionals need to be really honest with themselves about how they like to learn. I think if you are going to be somebody that needs for me to be make you accountable, that's I'm not the coach, HR certification coach for you. But if you like having access to on-demand resources and training in a whole host of mediums and methods, I'm your person. We have audio, we have video, we have quizzes, we have short video. I have, I, I love making content. I like doing it too, because then you can access it whenever you want. And then if tonight at 11 PM, I have a very amazing idea for a new video or something, I can make it. I don't have to wait to send you an email or invite you to my webinar for a study session. It can just happen. And it's been awesome because I've been able to work with people from all over the world. I have helped HR professionals in Dubai. I've helped them in Pakistan. We've done a lot of work in um, South Africa and Nigeria, which has been really amazing, all focused on HR certification prep. And I think that is because a lot of people can't always afford or their employers aren't paying for some of the standard programs that are out there. And I offer a way for them to get access to that in uh, not only affordable way, but a digestible manner. 
I love that you're giving people options to learn because so often, I mean, when we all grew up, well, you know, date us, we all, you were put in a classroom and this is how you learned and there was no, if you couldn't learn that way too bad. And so I think that's great that you've been able to embrace, embrace a lot of that. Now in your role and everything that you do, you get to see a lot of different parts of HR. So what do you think is the biggest issue HR pros will be dealing with over the next year? Um, I think... This quarter and next quarter, um, we're still going to be dealing with correction of maybe overstaffing in departments or areas. I don't want people to freak out because I do think this is a normal process. And uh, what I've realized, and I'm going to date ourselves again, is I'm going to guess, I I know, well, you know what, I'm going to date myself. I was an HR professional during the last recession. So I remember what happened and how we did quarterly corrections, and then they got bigger and bigger. And then eventually, by the time I got back from maternity leave, my boss's boss was now my peer. I don't think that's right now where I think we're heading. But I realized as I was talking to some managers and leaders at some organizations, they had never been through this. They were 14 when the recession happened, right? And I was not 14. I was just a little bit over, you know, around 21, something like that. Yeah. So this is new. So I understand why there's a lot of anxiety because it's new. For me, I'm like, okay, this is normal. It's happening because we overstaffed in some areas. We need to cut the fat a little bit and re and move over. But we are being cautious because the last two years have taught us that to expect the unexpected. I understand. But I think that is what uh, we'll be thinking about at least through March, time frame. Um, and that really depends on the Fed and inflation numbers and all this stuff. It still blows me away that the BLS numbers show how strong the job market is. And I, and I tweeted about this because I was like, I'm not an economist. I don't have a PhD. But how can inflation be so high, but the job market be so strong? People are getting more money, but then it's costing me so much more everywhere from gas to the grocery store, back to school supplies. Like it's such a weird time for us to be living in. It's definitely going to be one for the history books, for sure. Jess, you mentioned a little earlier, you really enjoy TikTok. Wendy and I talked about the fact you you have really embraced the video component of social media, TikTok and Reels in particular of late. Talk with a little bit, if you would, about, you know, how did you get started, the interest there? And then what advice would you give to anyone, but particularly for HR pros that are considering using these tools. Let me just say that I spend a lot of time thinking about competition for content and resources. I have a podcast. I I don't necessarily think like you guys as competition, I but I do think that if somebody's Googling for information, which is primarily what we do, or looking on social media, not only do I compete in terms of traffic for your traffic, but primarily for all these HR technology companies that have humongous budgets for pay-per-click and big teams, right? I have a team and we create content for a living uh, for HR professionals. So I have to honestly do the things that other HR technology companies will not do. And one thing that they will not do is put their face on video. And particularly live video, because it's scary and it's uncontrollable. What if I say the wrong thing that is not in align with the brand? The nice thing about podcasts is that I can edit some of those things. But video, 
is harder to edit, particularly live video, and it just takes a lot more project management effort. When I see something that HR technology companies who are well-funded and have much more money than than I do, don't, are not doing, I say, yes, this is what I want to be doing. This is This is the <laughs> ticket for me. They don't like the spontaneity of video because it can't be be controlled and it takes a lot of time for everybody to view the video decide and approve and then to move forward with said video so i started in i guess it was probably 2018 going live on facebook and i started a facebook group for hr certification prep and my business coach said to me i want you to go live every day for 30 days and i should pull up some of the video of when i first did it I had a freaking television show on the internet in 2007 or eight until 2010. You would think I would be good. I mean, I was bad. I was not great. Um, but we all start somewhere. <laughs> so once I did it every day for 30 days, I was like, hey, this isn't so hard. I can create content. Video in particular builds trust and relationships, which I like. And it's not something that other digital creators in the HR space, whether they're other influencers or other companies like HR technology companies are doing. Um, and I think it's a real missed opportunity. So what I'm saying to everyone else is don't start creating video. Let me create all the video. It's all good. I'll take care of it for you. Send me your ideas. I'll make them for you. No, um, I actually think that video, <laughs> video, <laughs> video is a great way to engage and provide resources to build trust. And frankly, it's what my 13 year old is doing. She has a TikTok just about the vampire diaries and the originals and legacies. Uh, until recently, had more followers than me on her TikTok. She has more subscribers <laughs> than me on her YouTube channel. So she's making content and, and video about something completely fictional and a series of stories. It's how um, our younger kids communicate. And frankly, I prefer to learn by closed caption or something. I watch a video or I listen or I scroll. I love it because it really is easy to do. Again, I'm not suggesting that anyone go out and create a bunch of TikToks because it's hard. No, actually it's easy. If you do it the right way, you can create 15 TikToks in under an hour. And if you post three times a week, you have TikToks for almost a month. And I say, it's a great way to engage. I mean, the number of people that came up to me yes, this week, last week, I was I spoke at the Austin Sherm and I had about 15 people come up and say, I love your videos. That says to me, awesome. I need to keep doing more of these videos because I'm engaging people in a new and a different way. You, you and Julie Turney. I love Julie. Um, yeah. You guys have great TikToks. <laughs> HR TikToks. I mean, who would have thought that this would be the thing that, I mean, and it really kind of grew out of the pandemic with people jumping on there. Yeah, the kids kids these days, they love it. We had uh, at the show strike last night, we had 13 kids doing um, Lizzo TikToks. I love Lizzo on TikTok. She is so fun. It's so, it's so easy. And I'll tell you that, again, I took advice from my 13-year-old. I was like, what video editing tool do I need on my phone? And she told me, showed me how to set it up. It was actually a great opportunity for us to connect because when you're 13, you don't want to talk to your mom. But I was like, hey, show me show me what you do. I've been using it on a regular basis. But I, I feel like HR people should at least give it a shot, create some content. Videos are easy. You can delete them or create an anonymous account. It's no big deal. But it helps you understand 
just the the virality of the internet and how um, we as HR leaders or or managers could perhaps engage an entirely new group of employees or candidates. Uh, perhaps you should use an internal TikTok type thing to be able to communicate short videos. Imagine if your CEO only had 60 seconds to talk about whatever communication announcement is quarterly. Frankly, I am all favor <laughs> in favor of that. Jess, one of the things that we've done to kind of lighten our load a little bit and, and share the wealth is we ask for questions from our guests. So Matt Stalick asks, top sheet or no top sheet? Are, what are we talking about? That's the okay. full question. That's I don't full get question. any context. Okay. <laughs> if we're talking about sheets on a bed, which is where I'm going with this, uh, yes, I like a top sheet and I like it to be clean. Um, there's nothing better than sliding into a clean bed with new sheets. So yes, to the top sheet. Thanks, Matt Stalick. For some context post-answer, apparently that was a topic of conversation. I believe it was Wisconsin Sherm. I think so. I think is what Matt said amongst many of them was whether or not to have a top sheet. And apparently some people don't enjoy them. My husband's not a fan, but I am the boss. So we, in fact, have a top sheet. He doesn't have to use it if he wants, but it's there for me. I, I want to get a clothesline in the backyard just for the top sheet and only dry the top sheet on it because then you get that nice sun smell when you get into your bed at night. I just, it, mine was never like soft. It was always crinkly when I was a kid. Uh, it's because it, you didn't, it didn't get washed. That's properly. great. Well, I lived on a farm, so. Um, but <laughs> my mom didn't wash my clothes. Wash it. Who would have thought you'd get washing your clothes tips on the HR hey, You get it all hour. here. That and more. That's that right. That and more. That and more. And with that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. This episode of the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast is brought to you by Namely. We all do our best to keep ahead of business trends, but keeping ahead can be its own full-time job. With everyone wearing multiple hats, it's easy to fall behind. That's why you need to make the switch to Namely, the all-in-one HR solution that adapts with your business. Namely helps you and your team with all aspects of human resources, from onboarding and performance management to payroll and intuitive benefits enrollment. Whether you have 50 or 1,000 employees, all in one connected and modern platform. Plus, Namely is customizable for your company, culture, and goals so they can match where you are now and adapt as you grow. Grow with Namely. Learn more about making the switch today by visiting namely.com slash hrsocialhour. For a limited time, get one month free when you make the switch to Namely. Again, that's namely.com slash hrsocialhour. Thanks again, Namely, for sponsoring the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. Now, back to the show. All right. <laughs> we are back. Jess, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, the Half Hour Question Connection. What career did you dream of having when you were a child? This is going to date me, but my favorite show when I was a kid was Who's the Boss? All right. And I really wanted to be Angela Bauer. She was the VP Ooh. of communications or marketing. I didn't really know what that was, but it sounded fun. And she always looked fabulous with her very giant hair and shoulder pads. I caught that on TV. It, it's on repeat on some, some channel and uh, it was the facts of life. And then who's the boss? And I'm like, I really should be working right now. Did I hear that they're doing a who's the boss reboot reunion? something Ooh, they should i heard and or read that somewhere i don't know if that means the surviving original cast is it i'm not sure i, I think, think everybody's I alive that. but mona yeah I and, so, and, yeah. and that so. tells you how much i love the show i mean it was the best and i didn't uh, have like cable television or anything as a kid you know we didn't wash our sheets and we didn't have 
cable television, so I had an antenna, and I think we got like five or six channels. So when I caught Who's the Boss, it was a treat uh, for sure back in the day. Jess, who's one person you've gained your network in the last year that you think more people should know? I think the person that you need to know is my friend here in Austin, Texas, and her name is Angela Shaw. Angela is currently the chief people officer at Juiceland. She's just whip smart and definitely an amazing HR professional, senior leader, uh, but she's just really open. Uh, and I love that about her. She's, she's an open book and she will share anything that you ask, anything at all. If you could go back to the start of your career, what's one piece of advice you would give yourself based on what you know now? Um, I think I would worry less about what people think about me, my career, and just general things. I didn't. I ended up in HR an accident, and I decided that I loved it. Uh, but not everybody thought that I was the right fit for an HR. In, in fact, I accidentally was invited to like a personal development high potential group at Target. I got an email because we used to have like T whatever emails. It wasn't first name last name or anything like that. I got accidentally sent an email that was meant for someone else. I call, I talked to my boss. I finally called my regional HR person. I was like, hey, I'm so excited. And she was kind of weird. And then I realized that then I found out that I was not meant for that email and I was uninvited. I, I wish I would have spent more time just saying, this was my career. This was what I was meant to do and not worrying about Maryland was her name or the person that got the invite. And, and she's still practicing HR professional too. What's your favorite or the most memorable live performance you've ever attended? I live in Austin, Texas. And one of the reasons I love living here is because you just can see random music everywhere. And one thing that my husband and I enjoy doing is, um, it's kind of our thing to do together is to go to concerts. For example, finally, my ticket from 2020 uh, to see Def Leppard it's finally <laughs> happening in a couple weeks. But uh, my one of my absolute favorite bands, and this is my parents with their record player back in the day, uh, was Kansas, which coincidentally I'm from Kansas. Uh, but we saw them perform uh, live at Nutty Brown Theater, um, which is kind of in the middle of nowhere. It used to be the middle of nowhere anyways, in Austin, Texas, uh, live outdoors. It was really great. Even though they're old dudes now, it was still awesome. I loved it. I danced the whole time. <laughs> Jess, if you could be on any TV show, either as yourself or as a character, who would it be? My favorite, favorite, favorite show of all time is Felicity. So I would like to be Felicity. I actually, okay, so I have curly hair now and people know me, I think, for my giant hair. But it wasn't always this way. I either A, didn't know how to work with it or B, it really wasn't that curly um, all the time. And so I actually got a perm in like 1997 because I wanted to be Felicity or 98 or something, something around that time. So I would love to be Felicity, even if I was just like another character. I don't have to be her, but I wanted, I loved that show. I absolutely, I would actually, if I had time in my day and I need some time to kill, I would, I would go watch that show on repeat. Wasn't that a big deal when Carrie Russell got her hair cut on that show? Yes. The ratings fell. The ratings fell. Yeah. I, so um, she worked at Dean and DeLuca. I have a funny story. So I'm such a nerd. There was an opening for a VP of HR at Dean and DeLuca, which is not in New York City, but it's in Wichita, Kansas. And I was living in Oklahoma City at the time, and I was in the market for a job. This was when I was still working in corporate HR, but I applied there. And when I talked to the recruiter, I was like, oh, I just want to work at Dean and DeLuca because of Felicity. <laughs> I, 
I drove to that interview. I should have got that job. I drove in a snowstorm with a three-month-old baby, nearly died, and it did not go well. The woman that I was interviewing with, I would have been her boss. She and I did not mesh. That's what I, when I think, I, I was like, oh, I love Felicity so much. She was not as thrilled with the show as I was. Probably because it's kind of like everybody says they love something and you hear it a million times. Well, recently it was announced it's going to be Jess Miller Merrill Day all around the world. What are we doing to celebrate? You know, you gave me these questions in advance and and I should have an answer. Um, So (laughs) I guess, how are we going to celebrate? I think I would like to celebrate by just telling somebody you love them or like recognizing an HR professional. Like I sent um, this woman, I follow her on Instagram. Um, I think she's called Metamorpha Steph or something, but she has went through an amazing weight loss transformation. She is, she had a gastric sleeve. She's very inspirational in terms of like her exercise uh, dedication and stuff. And so I sent her a note. I was like, I just want you to know, you don't need to respond back, but I love you and you are so inspiring and end of story. But I think we need more of that because sometimes we forget, like if somebody is filling your cup up, you need to let them know. And I want to do more of that. All right. Finally, Jess, as you know, we are outsourcing. If you could ask the next guest of the podcast any question, what would it be? Okay. Now this makes sense. The question that we had previous. (laughs) Okay. I was like, what is the heck is Matt Stolick doing to me? Hmm. 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 Uh, Okay. So my question is, what is one thing on your regular grocery list that someone might be surprised uh, that you have on the regular, whatever it is. For me, uh, I'm all about almond milk right now. So it goes in on my coffee. I have like a frother with my Nespresso and I have like my whole little bar with my uh, caramel syrup and all the things. So yeah, I want to hear what the next guest is going to say for that. It is now in the book. It will be asked very, very soon. Jess, this was No surprise. Tremendous conversation. Thank you so much for coming back and being part of what we do. Thank you for being so brave to share all your video content. You've not necessarily sold me on getting into it, but I do appreciate you do it. And for all you do in the community, I know most of our listeners are probably connected, but if they're not, best way to reach you, best way to find out about the new book, anything and everything they ought to know. Best way to connect with me is this new and exciting thing called text messaging. So for those of you in the U.S., send me a text. And my number is 512-548-3005. If you send a te- that text to that number and you use the word digital, you're going to get on my list for my book when for when I have my pre-order page, 512-548-3005. Um, it's actually me. So if you send a text and you leave a comment, I will see, and we can have a chat back and forth. If you want to schedule a call, you can do that way too, but you can't call the number. It's just this community text number that I'm using. That's kind of cool. That is a first for us, and we will yes. have it in the show notes for yep. sure. And then, Wendy, I know you're not going to give out your text number, no. but best way for listeners no, no, to no, find no, you out no, there. No, no, no texting, please. Although I'd rather have you text than call. You will find me on my blog, mydailyjourney.com. And then, of course, second and fourth Sunday of each month, you will find me for sure on Twitter and other times as well. It's 7 p.m. Eastern time, second and fourth Sunday of each month. Put it on your calendar. How about you, John? 
Once again, thanks to Namely for sponsoring this episode. Visit them at namely.com slash hrsocialhour. And as for me, johntherman.com for all things John Thurman and for the show, hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. Listen, rate, review, share, and follow whatever platform you're on, check mark button, big follow sign. I don't know. They're all different. Be sure to follow and you'll get a new, new episode each and every week. International listeners, we love talking to you. We'd love to have more conversations before the end of the year. Reach out to us because it is easier for you to get in touch with us than to get in touch with you. Again, Jess, really appreciate being with us. And so for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect, give back, and network. network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. 